I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Hey, the Super Bowl is coming up. Make your first deposit today at MyBookie.ag. Use promo code GATORS. Wager your deposit amount once, and you're eligible to cash out. Cash in. Cash out quick at MyBookie. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Special episode tonight, of course, joined by co-host Will Miles. And hey, class of 2023, we wrapped it up last week, and it is time to turn the page to the class of 24. And no better way to do that than get the headliner of the class, quarterback DJ Lagway is joining us right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown, fresh off of a workout. So uh, on, on, on the way uh, on, on the way home after the workout, joining us right here on Gators Breakdown. Will, we got a, we got a special one here. Hey man, you know the quarterbacks where where the money's made. So it's good to good to have DJ in the fold. And uh, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all for having me. Thank y'all. DJ, has it, it, it slowed down any for you yet committing to Florida and, and all the love you're getting from Gator Nation? Oh, no, sir. I'm lo- No, sir. It hasn't slowed down at all. I'm loving and enjoying it. And I appreciate everybody that showed love. Absolutely. We're glad to have you on board. And Hey, look, not, it wasn't what just a couple of weeks ago. You were on a recent visit to Florida, getting back on campus, getting around some uh, fellow 2024 recruits, even some future uh, 25 and 26 guys uh, in, in the swamp as well. Uh, take us through that. I mean, you got the special photo shoot. You got to connect with, uh, you know, he was about to commit linebacker Darius Hayes. Uh, take us back to your recent uh, trip to Gainesville. And look, we're, we're going to show, I'm going to show some of that video and some of the photos that you took. But uh, it was kind of a special trip for you to, to, to uh, get to know some guys better, get to know the coaching staff better, and uh, have some fun along with it. Yes, yeah, so I had a great time, you know what I mean, just building relationships with the recruits, you know what I mean? That was huge. And I, I just really enjoyed my time there being back in the swamp and I just I can't wait to get back uh, explain that photo shoot to us you know so we, we see the, the the big LED board and you got all the, the special photos that go along with it. if I'm not mistaken you were the first one to be able to uh, you know get your photos taken uh, with, with, with that, uh, nice, that nice new video board yes sir it was insane you know what I mean I've never really just seen something like that in person it was pretty it's pretty different I've never seen that before and I was blessed and honored to be the first one to use it you think it's going to uh, help Florida? What was the what was the what was the uh, the conversations like uh, with the fellow recruits and uh, getting to see that new technology there and uh, other guys now being able to take advantage of it? 
Oh, uh, they really didn't. They didn't. They didn't know about it because like everybody kept it like a secret until I posted it. But okay. when they seen the pictures and stuff, they was like, they were they were pretty hyped about it, and they can't wait to get back and try it. And so, so DJ, you know, you've obviously committed pretty early to Napier in the cycle. A lot of guys end up waiting till either early signing day um, or even until national signing day to sign. What was it about Napier? What was it about the Florida program that made you decide that it was you wanted to pull the trigger and honestly that you wanted to be one of the people helping recruit this 2024 class to Florida? Because I just believe in what Coach Napier is doing uh, offensively and just program-wide, and I'm just – excited to be a part of it and I just can't wait to get there and learn and just grow and excel in life there in Gainesville. Is there something specific about the offense that really appeals to you is, is that's maybe different than some of the other programs you've been at or that you've explored? Just really the way they uh, use the quarterback position, you know what I mean? They, they let you use your legs, let you throw the ball, just really working just knowing where to throw the ball at and just knowing where the soft spots in the coverages and just having different outlets to get the ball out. I feel like it's very different because a lot of a lot of teams just have one-way reads and just take off and run. So I feel like learning a lot, I will, I'll be learning a lot and just growing and getting ready for the NFL. DJ, with that, yeah, take us back to the commit, you know, your, your recruiting process and, and you committing to Florida. When did you know it was Florida? Was it was it right away? And you, you visited for Friday Night Lights and other school. You know, were other schools playing catch up the entire fall after that trip for Friday Night Lights? Of course, you, you took multiple visits to you, Texas A and M, uh, Clemson, USC. Got visits, uh, but that was not long before you you pulled the trigger to Florida. You know, did you take those visits knowing Florida was going to be the choice, or you know, did it come down to the very end uh, that day you made your commitment? Was when you chose Florida. It kind of came down to the very end, you know what I mean? I just really wanted to make sure that's where God wanted me to be. So I just really prayed about it and just took my time and made my decision. And I feel like I'm, I'm very, quite confident in my decision. Well, you know, if we go to your your play on the field, you know, your, your stats really improved from your sophomore year to your junior year. And, you know, I'm just sort of curious, what do you think specifically caused that leap? I mean, your completion percentage went up, your yards per attempt went up, obviously your touchdown interception ratio went up, and you saw that leap up to a five-star candidate. What do you think was sort of – what, what do you think you improved on that, that, made, you, that made you see that leap? I feel like I approved a lot on my just decision making and just making great reads and just making the game simple instead of trying to really do too much. But I feel like uh, my my team we we're heading in the right direction. You know, I really only played in eight games, so I feel like next year we're gonna take a big leap forward and just continue. I just want to continue to get better and grow as a quarterback. DJ, I'll, I'll go back a little bit to uh, when you did you know, visit for Friday Night Lights, and I know you got to know Anthony Richardson uh, a little bit there. And then I'm not mistaken, uh, when you made your visit to Gainesville, I think you stopped by in Jacksonville where Anthony Richardson was training a little bit. So how much did you really focus on watching what he did this past fall in Billy Napier's offense and also you know, just, just continuing that relationship with him? You know, has he shared much about you know, what, what you can expect in the Billy Napier offense? Yeah, so it played a big role, you know what I mean, just watching him operate in the offense this year. And I just see a lot of similar things that we, uh, that I do that he does as well. So I just really just want to continue to learn from him and just learn the things he did well and learn the things he, he wants to improve on so I can get there and work on it right away so I don't have the same issues. I mean, I guess, you know, do you think – 
has there been anything communicated to you from the staff or do you have expectations that you're going to be stepping in as a true freshman and competing for that job or do you think it's going to be a process in terms of getting you and getting you ready and sort of building into being being the starting quarterback for the Gators? Yes, sir. Most definitely. That's definitely the goal for me. I want to definitely come in right away and start. Get better for that if I can be ready for that. So I've just been working unconditionally, just grinding. There we go. A little bit connection issue. I think we're uh, think, think we're back right there. But uh, yeah, of course, you, you go back to Florida's 2023 class, and they brought in a really good wide receiver core. Yeah, uh, Aiden Mazel, Eugene Wilson, Andy Jean come in. Was that something you were looking at when you were looking at Florida and maybe getting getting to know those receivers just a bit, or did you know, how close did you pay attention to the recruiting and maybe who you'll be playing with in your career at Florida? Yes, sir. That, that played a big role. You know what I mean? Because got to get got to have the guys around you, especially at the quarterback position, if you want to succeed. So that's been that was a huge thing for me. Just knowing having a place where I know I could be able to recruit players that players would want to come. So I'm just really excited to, you know what I mean, just get those guys uh, down to Gainesville, see how they like it, you know what I mean? And the guys that's there now, just really, when I get there, build a relationship with them and just build that chemistry so we can dominate on the field. Are there guys in the 2024 class, skilled players that you're in contact with, trying to bring the Gainesville there with you? Oh, yes, sir, most definitely. I've been talking to a lot of linemen, though, right now. That's my biggest focus, really trying to get that front five so we can – because without those guys, you can't really do nothing. So I've been talking a lot of Blake Frazier out of uh, Vandergrift, Texas. You know what I mean? I, he's a he's a real good player. So I've been talking to him. That's what I've been talking to the most. He's a left tackle. DJ, have, let's, have, let's have fun with it right quick. I, I know the you get this story in the NFL a whole lot. It's you know the the quarterback has a relationship with his offensive lineman, and he wants to he wants to buy them all a gift. So if you get to buy your offensive lineman a gift, what 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 what, what you what you what you going to give those guys? Uh, it depends. I probably uh get them probably all you can eat steak steakhouse. You know, what I mean? take them to all you can eat. Just let them just let them enjoy themselves. You know, what I mean, just build that camaraderie. I thought maybe, you were going to say maybe, it was going to depend on how many times you got sacked. <laughs> but I, I was going to get yeah. Um, I was going to say maybe bring some Texas barbecue with you. <laughs> well, so DJ, I mean, obviously, you know, you you said you wanted to start when you come right in. There's a lot of pressure when you come in like that, being the guy, sort of the first five-star recruit in, in Napier's class or out of in, in Napier's era here at Florida. You know, a lot of people are going to point to you as really sort of the turning point or, or you know, there's a lot of pressure. So how do you deal with that sort of pressure coming in? And is that something that you embrace? Is it something that you sort of have to keep at arm's length and just sort of keep the work going? Like, how do you deal with the pressure of that's going to be coming <laughs> with being starting quarterback of the Gators? I kind of embrace it, you know what I mean? I just really – I really don't focus on all that. I just really try to come, go in every day just trying to get 1% better in everything I do, you know what I mean? One step at a time, just take it one day at a time. That's really my biggest focus. DJ, I know the, the, we talked about the recruiting process a little bit, and let's go to the staff just for a, a second. You know, Tell us about Billy Napier, the man. You know, we, we, we got to know him a, a bit as a coach this past year. Um, him as a as a person, uh, a man in, in a relationship with you there, uh, in, in trying to come, you know, and, and recruit you to Florida, but also Ryan O'Hara and I know um, this one maybe 
not known as much, but you know, Joe Hamilton, I know, was huge uh, in your recruitment there. So let the fan base know because you know we don't get to see Joe Hamilton a whole lot. We don't get to see Ryan O'Hara a whole lot. We get to see Billy Napier and how he is. But what did Ryan O'Hara and, and I know Joe Hamilton played a huge role in this. What did those guys do in the recruitment for you uh, to commit to Florida? All three of those coaches, you know, what I mean, played a huge part of my recruitment. You know, what I mean, just. Coach Hamilton, just having that uh, personal relationship with him, you know, it's huge. Talk to him on a daily basis every single day. And then just Coach O'Hara, you know what I mean? The way he knows the game is unreal. And I just want to continue to pick his brain and just learn from him. He knows the playbook in and out. So, And then Coach Napier, you know, he's just a down-to-earth guy. So I just I love his personality. You know, I love what he stands for. And I just really love everything they got going at, uh, as, as a program. So I'm just really excited. Hey, DJ, on that part, what – how much away from football were you looking for when you, when you commit? I, mean, I know football, that, that's priority number one, and that's, you know, that's what's going to go there. But what, what – you know, are you looking for that relationship outside of football as well? Oh, yes, sir, without a doubt, because I'm not playing football 24-7 down there. So I just really want to uh, be at a place that uh, I could, you know what I mean, just have relationships with, be friends with, just – be, be comfortable down there, especially since I'm be far away from home. So I just feel like that was huge. What is it specifically that made you comfortable with Gainesville? I mean, you said it sort of came down to the last minute. Obviously, you know, you're praying about it, trying to decide where where, where God wants you to be. But what, if, if is there one thing you can put your finger on that just sort of says, hey, this is why it was the right place for me to be? Just the atmosphere the coaches staff brings. You know what I mean? The atmosphere the coaches staff brings is different than I've been around a lot of staffs and you know what I mean? And they try to act like it's genuine, the love that they show. But Florida, the Florida coaching staff truly shows the genuine love that that they, they give their recruits. And I really, I felt it. DJ, I know it was a hot topic the last few weeks there and, you know, the what was happening around, you know, Florida in the quarterback position. Uh, I know you set the record straight, but we'll get it here on Gators Breakdown as well. Um, did reclassifying ever really – into your mind of maybe jumping up a class, not this 24 class, but coming in early to this 23 class? Well, no, sir, that never crossed my mind. I just, I've been, I'm ready for, uh, to finish out with my guys at high school. You know what I mean? We still got a lot of stuff we want to accomplish there and uh, that I want to accomplish. So I'm just really excited for it. So, I mean, I'm curious from a football perspective, you know, who do you think your closest comp is? Is there somebody that you sort of pattern your game after somebody that you look at from a film perspective and say, that's the guy I want to, I want to pattern myself after? Is it sort of multiple guys? I know Napier has talked in the past about having film for folks who are playing for him and trying to sort of lay those comps out there. I'm wondering who you have that you think is a good comp for your game. Hey, DJ, before you, but before you go in there now, 24 seven sports has your comp as, I don't know how much you've watched him, they have your comp as Hendon Hooker, the, the Tennessee quarterback. So let us know if that's a little accurate before, you know, and then you can go to, to, to Will's question. I haven't really, I haven't really got into him uh, that much to, to see, but I didn't really see him running the ball like, like that, you know what I mean? But, but yeah, he's a good player though. But I would say for me, I'd say NFL-wise, I'd say uh, Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's two uh, I really look at and try to pattern my game after. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is it about their game that you're trying to pattern? Is it a is it the way they release it? Is it the way they're they're sort of improvising? Like, because those are two guys who obviously run quite a bit, but then improvise quite a bit off of it as well. What is it about those two that you sort of hone in on? Just the way they make the game look easy, and just they really just take what they get. You know what I mean? And just really just have fun and be loose out there, and just use their their talents and abilities that God gave them to the best of their ability. So that's why I really like them. DJ, on that, uh, of course, you know, looking at your game a bit, wh- wh- where do you want to improve? Where do you where do you want to make your biggest improvement? You know, Will talked about your improvement uh, from your sophomore to your junior year, but when you're assessing your own game, where do you want to improve in your senior year? I'm really trying to improve all over, but mainly just really just making the game slow down even more than it has. You know what I mean? I want to really make sure when I leave uh, high school that I'm truly ready for college, you know what I mean, and just – feel like I could be able to step in day one to play. So I just really want to this year just focus on just reading coverage, beating teams with my mind, and just really dissecting the defense. I mean, can you sort of take us through a progression? What are, what are you looking at when you come to the line of scrimmage? What are the things that when you come up to the line that you're trying to, you know, that you're trying to get better at? And then, you know, have you seen defenses do post-snap adjustments that you've had to adjust to at high school? Or is that something you, you figure you're probably going to see more in college, but not necessarily at the high school level? Yes, yeah, sir. Most definitely, I see that in high school a lot. You know what I mean? Especially just the the the, ta- uh, the talent level that we have in Texas high school, in Texas football. You know what I mean? It's huge. So we got a lot of great athletes that I play against. But what I look at most when I get to the line first, I look at the safeties and see if it's middle or close. You know what I mean? So if I see middle, it either could be cover two, cover four, cover six. So I really just and then I read the cornerbacks and then I read the cornerbacks, and then I read the defensive line and just the linebacker alignment. And that's how I really just tell what uh, what defense they're in and what, uh, what what fronts they're in and what coverage they're in. DJ, how much do you want running to be part of your game? Uh, obviously it is, but, you know, would you – would you rather throw for 300 and run for 20 yards or would you rather, you know, throw for 200 and run for another hundred? Uh, you know, is, is there a, is there a preference for how you want to play your game? I'd rather, I'd rather run for 300. And, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'd rather throw for 300 than run for 30. You know I mean? I'm, I'm definitely a pass first guy, but I feel like I also can be explosive and I want to be able to take it 75 yards to the house running if need be, you know what I mean? So you did run less this last year. You only ran fifty times. I know you said you only you were only playing you only played eight games, but you ran one hundred twenty nine the year before. But you were a lot more effective. So it was ten more than ten yards an attempt versus five and a half. Do you think that's more that you were able to keep, keep your eyes open and go downfield and throw the ball, or did you make a conscious effort to run when the coverage dictated it versus having more designed runs? Maybe this year was kind of different for me. You know what I mean? I, I battled through a lot of adversity. I had a high ankle sprain the whole year. So playing through that was very challenging. So it just taught me different ways of the game, just learning different ways how to win games. DJ, one big question that I know has come up a little bit is the baseball angle. Uh, and I've heard, you know, uh, through the grapevine a little bit that it may 
may not be as big of a focus as it's led to be, but you know, we'll get the, we'll get the answer for, for, from you. Uh, I know you recently discussed it um, in, in another article. I forgot where, where I did read it, but you know, get the, you know, kind of maybe the clarification on, on how important baseball is. Did it play a role in the commitment and your, your, your recruiting at Florida? Uh, how much of a focus do you plan on it being uh, when, in, in, in college? It definitely played a role on my uh, recruitment, you know what I mean? Being able to have a chance to play both sports and college if I wanted to. Because I, I, I always had a love for baseball, you know what I mean? I still play it to this day, and I'm just – I feel like I, I continue to get better at that every day because I work at that too. But, like, I just really want to focus on football first, and that's my main focus once I get football under control and then maybe go out there and play some baseball. So that's that's how that's my mindset about it. It's is your plan to enroll early. Maybe it's too early to decide, but is is that sort of the plan to enroll early um, after early signing day, or uh, you know, to get a jump start on on football? I feel like as a quarterback, you have to. You know what I mean? But yes, sir, I'm definitely, I'm definitely enrolling early. Yes, sir. So a year from now, you'll be on you'll be on campus getting ready for spring football. Yes, sir. You'll be starting yes, phase two. You'll be starting phase two right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. What What's the thing you're most looking forward to about getting on campus and and participating in that sort of thing? Just uh, you, are you talking about just the whole like like college like the football aspect or just the off season? Well, I mean, off season, I guess. I mean, you know, what what what's the thing you look forward to? Maybe what's the thing you dread? I think that's always sort of you know there there's certain conditioning drills I know I always wanted to avoid. So uh, yeah. yeah, what are you looking forward to when it comes to getting in there in the spring? What I'm looking forward to is just to get stronger, you know what I mean? Just uh, working on the, the things I need to work on individually as a quarterback and just as a player. And then what I dread in the way, uh, like in offseason is mad drills. We do mad drills every day at my school, and I, 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 I don't like it at all. <laughs> well, at least, at least you'll be somewhat prepared for it. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, yes, sir. DJ, what you speaking on that? What you going to major in? Let's get to know you a little bit. You know, what what do you plan on majoring in when you go to Florida? Uh, I plan on majoring in business and finances. <laughs> yes, sir. Any any goal there for for that? I mean, I, look, I hope you have so much success, and we're talking about a a twenty year NFL career <laughs> behind that. But maybe you know, way down the road, when DJ Lagway's not playing football anymore, what uh, what business? You know, what uh, what drives you about the business aspect? I feel like you can't really go wrong with business, right? Like, especially, like, because business is everywhere. So I feel like whatever I want to get into, I want to be like an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? Build something and have my own company. You know what I mean? And just know the business side of things and just be able to hand, handle my money well. That's what the finance part of it. So I just that's that's my reasons for choosing those two. Well, Florida's program certainly has some some financial wellness things that they've built in. Certainly, with the addition of NIL and those sorts of things as well, want to make sure people take care of take care of the money that they do make. Those tools that they've put in place is that something that they've communicated um, pretty extensively to you? Do you understand what all those are, and is that something they're using to sell the program as a reason why someone would want to come there? Oh yes, sir. Without a doubt, you know what I mean. They they preach education is. Big, you know what I mean? Definitely at uh, University of Florida, it's the top five in the country, I think, I believe. And I'm just, I, I'm excited to get there and learn too. I just really want to learn from a lot of people, just meet a lot of people, just over, overall, just network and just meet, yeah, meet a lot of people. DJ, I doubt it has, but has the recruiting slowed down any? 
Like, is is are the Aggies still calling? Is Clemson still calling? I mean, you know, what, what's what's recruiting like for you right now? I know you committed to Florida, and all the other schools know that too. But I'm sure you're a very highly sought after, uh, you know, football player out there. No, sir. It hasn't slowed down at all. You know what I mean? Schools still reach out every day and try to call every day. You know what I mean? I definitely respond back and talk to them, just being out of respectful, being respect, like, yeah, having respect for the, the for them and the program. You know what I mean? But I'm 100% locked in with Florida. But, yes, sir, schools reach out every day. So I'm curious, DJ, when, when Florida fans go and check out your huddle highlights or, or those sorts of things, what do you think they're going to zone in on in terms of the thing that you do well that, that they're going to look at and say, hey, that's, that's our quarterback? Is, is there something specifically that you, uh, that you think they'll see in those highlight tapes that will make them happy? I'd say probably just the, the way, the, like the swag I play with, you know what I mean, with just having a little different type of styles in my game, you know what I mean, just – yeah, that's really just hope, hope they enjoy watching the, the highlight reel. Well, I mean, the thing that jumped out to me was your release. Is that something that's natural, or have you honed that to get it shorter? It looks like it's a little bit shorter from your sophomore year to your junior year. I'm one, but I mean, for anybody who hasn't gone and seen it, you need to go check it out. It, it uh, I, I messaged Dave earlier today. I said it reminds me a little bit of Dan Marino because you <laughs> don't really come back very far. It sort of comes to your ear and the ball's out. Yes, sir. I just, it's been natural. It's always been natural. You know what I mean? Just me being a baseball player all my life, just knowing how to throw from different arm angles and just knowing when to do those type of throws and when not to, and just knowing when to get it out quick and when not to, because especially this year, I had to learn how to get it out quick because of my, my injury, because I couldn't really move as well as I wanted to this year. So just really learning different things, learning different things, different ways how to win games. DJ, uh, Florida's going to have a quarterback switch this year, and you know, one uh, a quarterback, maybe more, probably more a pocket passer, whether it be Graham Mertz or, or, or Jack Miller. You know, it would definitely be a little different than what we saw from Anthony Richardson, who you probably more model your game after. So, what do you be? You know, will you be looking at the Florida offense a bit different in a different lens because of a you know maybe a different style of quarterback? What do you, what, what are you looking for in the offense this fall? I'm just really looking to see how I can fit in it. Still, you know what I mean? Just really trying to learn the offense and just really pick up on little things just to, so when I get there, so I could be start rolling right away. But I'm just really excited to when I do get there so I could compete and have fun and really just get to learn. So you mentioned playing with a little bit of swag on, on, on your tape. I'm, I'm curious, what's, what's more satisfying? Do you like hitting an open receiver because you made the right read? Or is it more satisfying to fit one into a tight space where you're one of the only people who can do that and, and nobody else can? I say tight space. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's pretty – it's no better feeling than that, like throwing – like you're almost throwing it through somebody and it just popped right in the receiver's hands. But that's just a pretty cool feeling. The good stuff. A couple, couple more right here, DJ, and we'll let you go. Have you, have you looked forward a little bit? We know Texas A and M's already in the SEC, but in 2025, here comes Texas in the SEC. So you will have two home state schools in the conference. So, hey, look, there might be a lot of trips to Texas uh, when you, when you're the head, when you're, when you're the uh, quarterback for the Florida Gators in the coming years. It's, it's, it's pretty neat how the SEC is evolving. You know what I mean? I just can't wait. So when I get there, you know what I mean, get playing and get rolling, just be able to compete against teams I've watched my whole life growing up. It's going to be a dream come true. 
I mean, are you are you expecting? Are, are your parents going to be able to get over there to Gainesville, catch all your games while you're, while you're playing? Obviously, that's a big reason why people might stay home. You're moving a little bit away from where you're at. Are are they going to be able to get out there and watch you when you when you're playing for Florida? Oh yes, sir, most definitely. Not probably my all of my family, like my intermediate family, but definitely my my mom and my dad and my little brother. They'll definitely be at every game. Sounds good. DJ, one question I ask all the players that, that I have right here on, on Gators Breakdown. Uh, this will be what I wrap up with, and then we'll, we'll give Will one more. Billy Napier is going to ask you to pick the uniform to run out of the tunnel with. So you get to pick whatever color helmet you want, whatever color jersey you want, whatever color pants you want, orange, blue, white. You're picking the jersey combo running out of that tunnel. What you going with? I'm going with the orange helmet, all blue uniforms. All blue uniforms, orange helmet. We call, we, DJ, we call this the big game blues. Okay. Game blues. <laughs> he's he's ready like for it. LSU, Dave. He's ready That's for right. LSU. That's right. And it does seem we were in a lot of versus LSU. Yep. So, yeah, the, the big oh, game yeah. blues. Yeah, I like that big game blues. Uh, yeah. So I just got one more for you, DJ. You, you said you got to the swamp a couple of times this year um, against LSU and Kentucky. So obviously not the result that we wanted, but um, what'd you take away from that? What was your favorite part of the stadium, the fan experience, um, all that sort of stuff? Is there, is there something that stuck out to you about being there? The fan experience is different. I've been to a lot of schools like LSU and um, family, you know, et cetera. But like Florida fans are different. You know what I mean? They, they truly love the, some Florida football, and I, I definitely – that's what makes me want wants to go there. You know what I mean? Even if I, I went to the games and they lost, you know what I mean, just really showing me how much they truly care about the football aspect. And I just definitely want to give them the happiness that they so rightly deserve because they've been there through thick and thin. DJ, I still remember that first visit for you on campus and all the – all the signs hanging around and all the paint paintings of uh, of welcoming you to Gainesville. So I'm glad I'm I'm, I'm glad it paid off. <laughs> I appreciate it. That was awesome. DJ, anything you want to let Gator Nation know, man? Before we let you go, just know that once I step on campus, y'all gonna get a hard worker. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna get it back to where it used to be. Sounds good. That's. Gators 2024 quarterback commit DJ Lagway joining us right here on Gators Breakdown. DJ, man, I can't thank you enough. Uh, th- th- thanks. We'll, ha- we'll have to do it again down the road. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, DJ. Okay. All right, Gators. Quarterback commit DJ Lagway joining us right here on Gators Breakdown. Well, that was, uh, that was good. That was good. I know we like I said, we if we had a little bit of mix up in the the time change difference uh there, we caught him uh, right after a workout uh there. So I'm glad uh, you know he made the made the time for us there. But uh I'm ready to I'm ready I'm ready to see that number two in the swamp. Hey man, I told I told you before we came on, like it's you know, obviously people accuse me of being negative and maybe they're right in some respects, but uh you, you can't watch his tape and go anything other than just start smiling when you see when you see the way he throws. I mean, seriously, go check his release. It's it's ridiculous. And uh, he made one throw. I sent you a gif earlier tonight yeah. or earlier today where he just sort of looks to his left. The ball's out before you even see it. It goes over the linebacker and under the corner. And you're like, whoa, like that's, that's something we haven't seen in a while. And, uh, you know, that ball for the past, you know, 10 years has just gone sailing out of bounds, at least 
other than when Kyle Trask was a quarterback. So hey, another, he's got another another Texas quarterback. So <laughs> he, he's got a stronger arm than Trask, though. It, it's oh, yeah. uh, the ball pops out of his arm. So um, I think people are going to be really happy when he comes in. Obviously, a lot of work to be done um, to to get to where he needs to get. But he's a five star. He's a five star candidate for a reason. A legitimate five star quarterback, and uh, you know, obviously a big big get for Billy Napier. And you know. Based on our experiences here, really, really nice kid who's going to come in and, and help contribute to the the culture and the environment that Napier's trying to build here in Gainesville. Yeah, going on that part of it, and that was absolutely what I heard uh, throughout his commitment. Um, you know, who, the person behind the scenes who helped me set this up, you know, just told me just how much he loved Florida and just how much um, the connection was there. Uh, it was really. And I know it sounds cliche at times, but it was really more about football uh, for, for DJ Lagway and his family and, and going and committing with Billy Napier and, and, and this staff. And as I said, I know it, it all comes down to football. We know that. Uh, but, you know, there is a culture that needs to be changed there uh, in, in Gainesville based off the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, starting last year with Billy Napier and, and changing that. And look, it went a long way in getting the commitment of DJ Lagway. And look, he, he was pretty, pretty clear about that, you know, not just Billy Napier, but Ryan O'Hara and, and Joe Hamilton as well. Uh, but that really, really the, the relationship part of it really seems like it stuck home there for DJ Lagway. Well, I just enjoyed that you asked, or I asked him, I think who, who he was recruiting. I expected it to be wide receivers. He's like, nah, left tackle. <laughs> I'm like, all right, he gets it. <laughs> like, like keep him on his feet and he's going to do well. So, uh, no, I, that was that was a really interesting interview. He's, he seems like a good kid. I'm excited to get him into Gainesville. Obviously, it's a little bit like Christmas, where it's like the day after Christmas. You sort of sit there going, "Oh, I got to wait for next Christmas to, yeah. to to open up the gift." But certainly, you know, he's got another year of high school. Um, it'll be really interesting to see whether he's able to build on that jump that he made from his sophomore to junior year. Um, you know, like he mentioned, he had a high ankle sprain, missed a few games last year, and then was playing hurt in some of those games as well. But there was a significant jump in all the statistical categories. Um, and even his rushing yards. I mean, he ran for 517 yards on 50 carries. So you know, even though he wasn't taking off as often, he was really effective when he was taking off. So um, I'm really interested to see what he does the senior year of high school, how he's able to how he's able to improve. And then, uh, you know, certainly glad to hear he's coming in early for for spring practice next year and has expectations to be the starter. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't happen, but it's, it's good to hear he's got those expectations. Yeah. I mean, um, the Hendon Hooker comp is the, that was the first time I saw that. Uh, today and I look, I, I know you had, you, you followed Hendon Hooker a lot. You know he was Will. You have a connection to Virginia Tech. Uh, went grad school there, right? Is that is that right? Okay, yeah. Will went the so he follows Virginia Tech, not as close as Florida, but you know does there and so knew about Hendon Hooker. And then of course we followed him the last couple of years at Tennessee. I mean, hey, if we get that, <laughs> especially this past year, Hendon Hooker. And that type of production absolutely signed me up in a in a heartbeat. But yeah, I, I do think he is a little. A little different uh, there. I do. I do. And DJ kind of alluded to that. Maybe he could run a bit better, uh, run a bit more than Hendon Hooker. Hooker, while slippery, you know, you wouldn't compare him to Anthony Richardson's running style. You know, from what we just saw from the two quarterbacks that went head to head this past year. So he can run, but different running style. I think DJ is probably a little more explosive in that right as well. Yeah. I'm not sure I'd compare Lagway to Anthony Richardson either when it comes to running. Right. I think Richardson's yeah. sort of in a in a in a league of his own. <laughs> Correct. There um, you go. But but I agree that the hooker comp is it is probably not the one that I would make. Um, 
Hooker has a relatively long release mm-hmm. and does and he gets enough on the ball. But there's a reason why Hooker, even before the ACL injury, wasn't necessarily seen as like a top NFL draft pick. It's because when you got to throw that out from the from the far hash, can you get it there? And Hooker Hooker's one of those guys though who was always able to read the defense and get it to the right guy. And so I think Lagway is more physically gifted than Hooker. The question will be, is he is he able to process information as fast as hookers? So, you know, that's where nerding out a little bit where he's talking about looking at the safeties, understanding whether yeah. it's an open or closed for like, all right, like, Hey, like that, that's a good thing that he's already, that he's already, you know, again, open or closed middle of the field. It's not rocket science, but you know, you get guys coming out of high school offenses sometimes who haven't had the opportunity to read defenses, make adjustments, post snap, those sorts of things. But he did remind me that, Texas is a different breed of high school football. <laughs> so if you got a kid from Texas or Florida or or California, chances are you're going to have a quarterback who steps in and already knows the very, if nothing else, the basics of how you read a defense. Um, but that's what's going to, you know, that's the thing that's going to put them apart from an arm talent perspective, from a release perspective. I mean, you know, again, I, I think I said it, but I look at it and I see Dan Marino in terms of how quickly the ball gets out and how much zip it's got on it with very little, you know, it's almost like a catcher who never brings their arm behind oh, yeah. their body. They just mm-hmm. sort of snap it. Like when you watch him, that's what you see. It's a really quick release. So, like, you know, years ago we watched Tebow throw the ball and he has that big loop. There, there's none of that. There's no there's no big loopy release. It's it's up to his ear and out. Um again, like so then it comes back to are you able to read the defense? Um, and that's something that he's gonna prove over time. But I think, you know, one of the ways that I've always metriced that when I look at high school competition is I look at completion percentage. And so he completed sixty-seven percent of his passes last year, averaged ten point four yards per attempt. That's a profile especially with his recruiting profile as well that you know you're probably you know that's that's first round pick potential and so Florida has a guy coming in who has the ability to potentially be a first round draft pick obviously he's going to have to work and he's going to have to develop and he's going to have to p- prove it out on the field to do that but he has that kind of he has that kind of capability and uh, you know this isn't this isn't a kid who's like going to be a good high school or a good college player but won't be able to hack it in the pros because he's got a limited skill set this is a guy who has all the skills to be a pro quarterback and then it'll just be a question of you know can he put it all together at Florida yeah. Also, you know, the, the biggest thing is he's not going to be playing in a Josh Heupel offense either. So <laughs> that'd be the, one of the bigger differences uh, in comparing uh, the, the, those two quarterbacks uh, right there. So yeah, everybody, if you hit, if, if you, if you like that interview there with DJ Lagway, Lagway, hit that like button. That really helps us out there. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet. We got straight to the interview there at the beginning of this episode. So um, all your support there with the likes and subscribes right here on the YouTube version uh, goes along uh, way there. So uh, Will and I will wrap up. We'll do a little more class of 24 talk um, before we sign off on this episode of Gators Breakdown. But of course it is the big game. Big game is Sunday. And at my bookie, you asked for it and they listened. My bookie designed a unique deposit bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. This is a unique deposit bonus for sports bettors who want to focus on what to bet and not a payout sweat. Make your first deposit only with promo code Gators. Wager your deposit amount once, and you're eligible to cash out. If you want a sports book that gives you the most for your money, bet on the big game with my bookie. Pre-game, live lines, Super Bowl props. Bet everything from the opening coin toss, the length of the national anthem, to the color of the Gatorade dumped on the winning coach. Look, I can't really tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl, but I can tell you where to place your bets, and that is at my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere at my bookie. All right, there we go. 
Well, let's take a look at the class of 24. We've done this a, a little bit, but four commits so far there for the Gators. Three in the top 60, basically there with Lagway, Graham, Hayes, and then right at 278 running back Chauncey Bowen, who, as I said before, I expect to, to kind of raise through the, the rankings a bit and all the interest he's garnering, garnering lately. But off to a great start, one of the best starts Florida has had to a recruiting class in quite some time. Uh, much different than Billy Napier's first year, of course. I mean, look, as I said, he's had a year to build the relationships now, a year to get to know these players, and all that has paid off to a great start. Uh, a quarterback, two linebackers, a running back right here. So, Will, something I noticed here, and I wanted to go back and look at this, is the the the, the two linebackers here, Miles Graham, Darius Hayes. And when was the last time Florida had two linebackers in a class like this. And if you go to 2013, you go to Alex Anzalone and Daniel McMillan in the class of 13, both those guys come in and look, if you count miles Graham, how important is he will right now, he would be the fourth highest rated linebacker Florida has ever signed in the 24 seven sports composite rankings. So let you know just how high miles Graham is, but behind him, are the 2013 signees of Alex Anzalone and Daniel McMillan. Um, so Adarius Hayes, they have him listed as an edge, but they've kept his, you know, his ranking as a 61 there on 24-7, uh, 55 on on three. Uh, but this would be the best duo linebacker in the same class since that 2013 class of Alex Anzalone and Daniel McMillan. Well, it's funny because McMillan and Anzalone really – you know, Anzalone was hurt a lot. Yeah, uh, Mc, McMillan isn't somebody we look back on and go, "Oh, that was an outstanding linebacker." But then you start looking at that era yeah. of linebackers that Florida had, and the guys who were in the two hundred and three hundred range really sort of stepped up. Jared Davis is the one that sort of jumps to mind in terms of middle linebackers who were just unbelievable players there um, coming out of the uh, coming out of the Will Muschamp era. An interesting thing I think is that you know, look. Graham's at 30. The highest rating I've seen him anywhere else is 24-7, has him at like 62. So, you know, you're looking at a surefire top 60 player, even for the pro, even for the ranking services that have him slightly lower. Hayes is actually an interesting case because 24-7 has him ranked 213th, which means he's a five-star recruit in just about every other ranking yeah. to be at 61st and 55th in the composite rankings for 24-7 and on three. So, you know, again, I, I think one of the things that's always interesting to look at is what is the spread when it comes to these guys because right. that sort of tells you something about what do people think about somebody specifically. Um, so o- always an interesting thing to look at look at those sorts of things. And then Chauncey Bowens, I mean, I, th- I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, Kirby Smart was helicoptering in to, <laughs> to, to, to talk to Bowens and try to convince him to come to Georgia. And so whenever you're fighting for a running back that somebody like Kirby Smart wants, I think I think it's obviously a positive thing. But, you know, look, I mean, Florida, Florida it's no secret. Florida's defense was uh, – was less than than optimal last year, and a big part of that was linebacker play that was um, that that was lacking at times, right? And Shamar James played pretty well for a true freshman, but if you're relying on a true freshman to be your third linebacker, I think you're gonna you're gonna struggle um, when your other linebackers are limited. And so, really, what Florida's doing here with Graham and with Hayes is they're getting really, really 
much more athletic at the linebacker position. And you've even seen that with Taraja Mitchell and Deuce Spurlock and some of the other, Jaden Robinson, the guys they brought in at that linebacker position, they are getting more athletic at that position. So, you know, look, I mean, I, I, I love David Reese. I think he was a really good linebacker for Florida. But, you know, even then when he was giving them good middle linebacker play, he struggled, um, you know, guarding tight ends and, and running backs going out into, in, into coverage. And these are guys who should be able to do that. Three down linebackers. It's been, and I think that's sort of what you're saying when you look at the guys who are ranked this high. It's been a long time since Florida's had a three down linebacker at the middle linebacker. Um, they've had guys who have been out there for three downs, but they haven't had guys who excel against the run and excel in coverage. And I think this is sort of, you know, again, there's no guarantee that Graham's going to turn out. There's no, there's no guarantee that Hayes is going to turn out. But when you bring in two guys at that ranking, you're pretty much guaranteed that one of them is going to turn out. And so I'm anticipating that, uh, that that one of these guys is going to turn into a star for Florida. Will, it's like you knew where I was going next, but you really didn't. But look at this. So going back through Florida's history at linebacker, the top overall linebacker they've ever signed, Jelani Jenkins. Okay, I think he, I think he was pretty good. Number two, Brandon Seller. Oh, okay, I think he was pretty good as well. The third highest linebacker Florida has ever brought in. Brandon Spikes, maybe one of the best linebackers Florida has ever had. That's your top three. Guess who comes in at number four, as I said? Miles Graham. So he's in pretty, pretty good company when you look at Florida's history at linebacker with Jelani Jenkins, Brandon Seiler, Brandon Spikes as your top three, Miles Graham at four. As you said, Alex Anzalone has really he – was, he's a better NFL player than he was a Florida Gator player. As you said, injuries just ate him up at Florida. Uh, I'm glad teams saw potential in him to go – on to showcase his talents in the NFL. But, you know, there's your top five linebackers in Florida history right now based off 24-7 sports going back to, you know, the early 2000s when they were able to to keep up with these recruiting rankings. You know, Florida had some really good ones in the 90s too. We know that. But, you know, just since recruiting rankings have been ha, has ha, been in service here, Jelani Jenkins, Brandon Seiler, Brandon Spikes, Miles Graham at four, Alex Anzalone, uh, you know, John Bostic was the seventh best. Shamar James is the eighth best. Uh, Wingo, ninth best. Yeah, so you're still waiting for that breakthrough uh, right there. Brandon Bill was the tenth best. Tyron Harper comes in at 11. So, but yeah, very good company. Miles Graham finds himself in behind Jelani Jenkins, Brandon Siler, Brandon Spikes. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Hopper and even Wingo in that list. I mean, obviously those guys were pretty high, but they weren't can't miss guys. Correct. Right. And and I would say the same thing with Shamar James. Like he was pretty high, but he wasn't he's not a can't miss prospect. And I think, you know, look, not everybody's gonna be can't miss, but as you're getting into the 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 low 30s in terms of overall rankings, you're starting to talk about guys who can't miss, assuming they stay healthy. And so, you know, look, Graham may not work out, Hayes may not work out. James may not work out to be a star, but the combination of those three guys is going to give you at least one star, I would think, out of out of, out of the three of them. And that, that's why elite recruiting is important. It's not necessarily that Graham will be the star because he's the highest ranked guy, but <laughs> it's not a coincidence, Dave, that you're listing all these guys who, who were five-star <laughs> candidates at linebacker. And, oh, look, they all went to the pros and they all made big contributions to Florida um, from that space. It turns out that these recruiting services, I, I, I do think that there, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of variability when you get to like 100, 200, 300, not just in outcome, but in terms of the rankings, right? The one service will have a guy ranked 250 and another one will have him at 125. Okay, well, you take that average, you're like 180, 
but still, I mean, one, one service thinks a guy's really, really good. And one service thinks he's sort of a fringe four star, four star guy who knows how that guy's going to turn out. But when you look at a guy like Graham, like just about every service thinks he's at least a top 50 or top 60 guy. And a bunch of them think he's a five-star can't miss guy. And so you combine those things together and say, look, the, the recruiting in the 2024 class as a whole is better at Florida. And I think portends good things to come, but I think specifically at a position of need in a place where, look, if you're going to run simulated pressures, you need a guy who can, who at linebacker can drop back and play in coverage. And if you've got guys who are going to struggle to play in coverage or struggle to come on the blitz or struggle against the run, you're going to constantly have holes that are open up for the offense. And that's a lot of what we saw, right? A lot of what we saw last year is you've got defensive ends and edge rushers dropping into coverage who just weren't comfortable doing that. And there would be a breakdown in the zone, or you'd see linebackers who weren't in the right gap. And all of a sudden Florida gets gashed for a big run. And the more athletic you get for these guys and, and the more competition you can build at that particular position, you know, the more you can take a guy off when he's not filling the right gap or the more you can bring in a guy who's maybe more physically gifted in a passing situation. So Florida's getting a couple of good ones there at the linebacker position. I think people should be really happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked Lagway. We had an interview there with him, Miles Graham and Darius Hayes at the linebacker spot. Let's go to Chauncey Bowens right quick, Will, before we go on this episode. And hey, look, his 24-7 sports profile, 5'11", 219. Montreal Johnson, 5'11", 2'18". <laughs> so if you're looking for a mold there for Chauncey Bowens, go look at Montreal Johnson, and that's about the mold you're getting now. Of course, that's Bowens' high school uh, profile, and he'll probably add some pounds on when he gets to the college level. But look at what he's looking at, looking like right now. You're looking at one uh, Montreal Johnson, the current Gators, running back and the scout report there for Chauncey Bowens. And look, he was the first commit in this class. He committed back in the fall. Um, so, you know, kind of going back in or, you know, committed early, early on and maybe got glossed over uh, a, a bit, but a thick downhill runner says Andrew Robbins, a 24 seven with the vision and foot speed to produce big gains measured just under six foot to 20 in June of 2022 Figures to only add more mass in college, even though he's young for his grade. And already a bit of a workout warrior. Has multiple videos of him repping 225 on the bench. Does a nice job of quickly finding a hole and picking up steam. Can sidestep his way around would-be tacklers. But natural forward lean and powerful legs oftentimes have him seeking out contact instead of trying to avoid it. Doesn't have an extensive background in pass protection, but could become a quarterback's best friend on third down, given his size, as he, as he should be able to chip twitched up power five edge rushers or slip out in the space. He averaged 10.3 yards per catch as a sophomore has dealt with a variety of different injuries since he's emerged on the recruiting scene as a freshman, which means durability could be an issue. However, has continued to produce at the varsity level against decent sunshine state competition and has already has eight 100 yard game to his credits. Uh, so this was back in the summer. So, you know, of course he added to that this past fall, uh, should be viewed as a bigger change of pace back that can move the sticks in the red zone or in short yardage situations. Promising track profile, multiple sub 11 second times in the 100 meter dash, including a 10.98. Make him a threat to find the end zone anytime there's a crease in the defense. So, sounds very similar there, Will, to you know, what we expect from a Billy Napier running back. 
Yeah, well, it's funny. Yesterday, I posted a, a video on Instagram. Uh, my my colleague Nick Newton, he had gone to uh, the South Carolina game last year, where Etn yeah. busted that big run up the right side and went all the way for a touchdown. And and you know that's sort of what I was thinking of when you were talking about this, right? That that Napier's offense is designed: put your foot in the ground, go. Right, that when you get that crease, can you get through it? Can you beat the safety to that crease, and can and can you get to the end zone? And you know that's actually one of the criticisms I think that you can have. That's a legitimate criticism for Montrell Johnson is he broke a bunch of explosive plays, but the explosives were like 20, 25, 30 yard runs, not not the eighty yard runs. Right, and Etienne was able to hit that eighty yard run on the crease, and some of that is what the defense was doing. Some of that is the motion that got the defense out of position, but some of that is that Etienne has some special has some special uh, has some special abilities as well. And so um, I think Bowen's, especially with the track background, but still being two hundred twenty pounds maybe it gives you the best of both worlds. Right, that you're going to get yeah. that crease, somebody who can take it to the take it to the to the house. But you're also going to have a guy who can lower his shoulder. And the thing that's most encouraging to me is that he's catching the ball out of the backfield. So, again, when you think about what Florida is going to try to do, what Napier wants to do, and, and what they really didn't do very well last year, correct, is there are times where you just have to dump it off to your running back because the defense is giving you five or six yards. And all of a sudden, you're second and three because you decided not to take a shot downfield where it was a difficult throw, and you dump it off to your running back and let him go. Now, it's a lot easier to do that if you've got a running back who's got some wiggle who every once in a while you drop it off to him, it turns into a 35-yard gain, right? And that's one of the ways you end up with a quarterback who ends up with a 65 or 70% completion percentage <laughs> is he's willing to check it down to his running back and hit that, right? But look, if you check it, if you check it down to your running back and you get three yards because he can't juke anybody and, he, and he's not fast enough to get to the yeah. edge and those sorts of things, then you start going away from it. And, you know, look, I don't think that's the case last year, but I think it's a good thing to say – you know, one of the things we said last year was if you're going to have Naquan Wright in the game, you got to get the ball to Naquan Wright. And once they decided, or once they just weren't able to get the ball to their running backs consistently in the passing game, then Wright became somebody who sort of got phased out. So, um, you know, so it's it's good to hear that he's he's somebody who can catch the ball out of the out of the backfield that he's been able to make big explosive plays through that. And look, I mean, the competition level in in Florida is in one of the lower divisions, I believe, and so that that I think hurts him in some respects. Obviously, you mentioned the injuries. That hurts him as well. But whenever you got a track star who's 220 pounds, who's playing running back, um, that's not somebody that the defense is going to want to get in front of in the first quarter, let alone the fourth quarter. But I think that's, you know, I think Napier at some point is going to want one of those wins where he just hands it off to the running back with, you know, six yeah. minutes left. And all of a sudden the clock's, got, clock's done and Florida wins. And, you know, they're able to hold on to a one or a two point lead because they hand it off to a running back. Bones is a guy who can sort of get them in that is in that mold where you can envision a scenario where he's going to be able to be able to pound the rock in that capacity. But then again, if you give him a crease, can he take it to the house? Yeah, I am interested to see, you know, given that, given him and his profile, um, mentioned the, the passes to the running backs there. And I went, I started going back a little bit and say, hey, what, you know, what was the big thing from Billy Napier going from year one to year two at Louisiana uh, and now maybe what we can apply to year one to year two at Florida. And he had Trey Ragoss and Elijah Mitchell at running backs there. And those guys got the ball out of the backfield through the passing game a good bit, more than what we saw last year, uh, as to your point, Will, of you know the running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. So uh, something I'm looking forward to, but it looks like Bowens, uh, was the, the staff identified him to be able to fill that role uh, when he gets on campus as well, so, all right, there we go, Will. That's how we turn the page from the class of 2023 to 24, getting DJ Lagway here on the show, looking at the current commits, and then 
next week, I'll go ahead and, and put it out there. I know we did this last year. We'll start taking a look at the uh, the board for 2024 uh, a bit. But hey, look, last year there was only one commit in the class, so we had to pretty much fill every position. <laughs> We're going through looking at a board for 2024 or uh, 2023 class. Now if we go for 24. I mean, we can peak at quarterback there. You know, I know there's we we got our guy, uh, but you know, could Florida bring in two uh, quarterbacks? Uh, probably not likely, but you know, we'll see where that we'll see where that goes. And then linebacker got two in the fold as well. Could throw another name or two uh, there as as well, will. But uh, you know, we'll go we'll go full head of steam to class of 2024 next week. You know, draw that 150 mile circle around Gainesville, <laughs> and, and start. <laughs> we'll be prepared to tell you what the class would be if he's able to get everybody that he wants in the, in that range. And and look, I think Lagway hit it best. I mean, Florida is making strides on the defensive side of the ball. The 2023 class was very heavy on the defensive side of the ball, um, especially on the defensive line, interior defensive line. 2024 class is bringing in linebackers who are going to be able to fill that. Um, now the the place I think they need to add elite talent is there on the offensive line up front. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who's in the state of Florida, who their targets are, and I'm sure we'll, we'll enjoy talking about that next week. Yeah, so – been working on the list. I think I've about got it complete, Will. So I will. I will send it your way uh, in the next day or so, so we can uh, kind of get a head start on that a bit. But uh, I enjoyed doing that last year. And on Gators Breakdown Plus, we did the exercise. Somebody asked me, it "Was like, hey, how accurate was that?" I was like, "Uh, it wasn't. Was it bad? Was it too bad?" So I, I, I'll go through it again. Uh, that was kind of a quick glance that I did, but a lot of the names Florida ended up with uh, were on there. Some guys were not, like a Kelby Collins. I was like, you know, he's in the state of Alabama. Um, wasn't really looking. You know, this was a year ago, very early, early class of 2023. So, of course, there'll be names that we won't even bring up next week <laughs> that will be in the class. Uh, but uh, a lot of them will be. A lot of them will be. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, recruiting is about hope. Recruiting is about where do you think your program's going? And that's one of the cool parts about having a guy like Lagway in the fold, having a guy like Graham in the fold, um, you know, have, having the 2024 class sit where it is right now is that if Napier can maintain that momentum, then it's building hope into the program. And, and you know, <laughs> last week we were talking about the 2023 class. And I think one of the things I said was, you know, if people want, to be patient with Napier, you got to understand where you're at because then you got to know where you got to go. And and so thus far, this 2024 class is in the position where we want to go. You got an elite quarterback. You got a five-star guy. You got a borderline five-star guy. You got two big-time linebackers and you got a running back who fits your profile. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of work to be done because you only got four guys in the class. But and, and there's some work to be done because they've only got 40 guys over the last two classes, right? And right. so this one I do think needs to be 25, 26, 27 guys that they're bringing in from the high school level. But, I mean, you can't complain thus far because it's, it's about as good as it could be with four guys in the class. And so, uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. But uh, I'm, I'm very, very encouraged to see what's happening for this 2024 class. I think Florida fans should be as well. All right, so a lot of names and a lot of storylines coming at you next week on Gators Breakdown for the class of 2024. Once again, big thanks to DJ Lagway for joining us right here on Gators Breakdown. Will, what you got coming up? Yeah, so I'm going to, you know, obviously the athletic article came out with the Rashada details. I'll have something about that. And then, uh, and then you know, I, I had been researching for the interview with DJ. I didn't have a chance to, to get anything out, but I'm going to have something on him so people can see some of the things that I'm seeing on the film and, and the stats as well. All right, head and read and reaction.com, YouTube, read and reaction there, catch Nick, him and Nick Newton there on Stand Up and Holler. 
Will Miles. You can find him on Twitter at Will Miles SEC. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at Gator Dave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining us on this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>